Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for just giving me this, uh, the opportunity to once again share, um, share your words, share my experience on the Philippines. Um, thank you for bringing us back safe. Thank you for uh, giving us travel, traveling mercy. And I pray that as we embark on this new week, Lord, I pray that you continue just to be with us, reveal yourself to us day by day. And um, whatever prayers that we have unanswered, Lord, I pray that you continue to just to answer them and just to continue to bless us and uh, just watch over us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to do a little background story on um, this whole verse. As you guys know, I'm a children's intern pastor as well as the English intern pastor. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, it was, um, it was the VBS. And every, every year when VBS comes around, you see Pastor Kimberly going, um, going kind of nuts, going everywhere. She's, uh, she's uh, really into it, and she's really, really dedicated. Like her whole, her whole year culminates into the VBS and she puts so much effort and so much work into it to make it possible for our church and really she's a, a real, really amazing woman she's really really small you know so it's crazy that she has all this energy and as you guys know she was actually sick before so it's even it blows my mind that she has so much energy and so much dedication to the children's ministry even after after all that she's gone through and so going back to, to VBS we got the packets, and the, the story, the, the VBS was centered around Moses and his journey leading the Israelites out of uh, Egypt and, how, and his stor- the story of the Israelites going through the wilderness and eventually on their way to becoming a nation through Joshua as well. And the, whole, the, the main, main purpose of the VBS message was that the Lord was good. And there's four days. It was um, when life is unfair, God is good. When life is changing, God is good. And when life is sad, God is good. And finally, when, when God is good, God is good. Which is for sure, right? So let's read Nahum 1.7. Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He protects those who take refuge in him. And when I was doing the VBS at first, um, the first day we would uh, go over this verse. And I just read it out loud. I didn't really think anything of it. And as the days went by, it's still, the verse was just a verse. It didn't really speak to me. And finally, as we were going to this mission trip and we were doing all this preparation for the mission trips, and I see Janet going, you know, just hardcore on these kids, getting them to practice and getting them to do what they needed to do, right? And I really started to understand what this passage was all about. And especially when I got to the Philippines, it really, really resonated with me what this passage was all about. And so let me start. I have uh, three points here today. And the first point, it's a simple one. It says, God is a stronghold. And Psalms 20, 20, 62.6 says, He is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. And Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. So both, these, so both these writers of these verses, they know that God is their stronghold, and they take refuge in the Lord, and they know that God will deliver them in times of trouble. And sometimes I feel like the, the word stronghold gets a, a negative connotation. Sometimes we think, oh, you have a stronghold in your life, and you kind of uh, associate that with um, maybe like, for example, anger, fear, anxiety, worry, depression, addiction, suspicion, whatever, right? You guys make this stronghold in your life and, say, and you guys take refuge in it instead of the Lord. 
And that's when, that's when strongholds are wrong. And there's a situation arises when a word or um, a word is spoken or something happens, and that stronghold is supposed to defend you because it's inside of you. Sometimes you just run back into that stronghold. And sometimes money might get tight or people start to worry. Maybe a job is lost, someone gets sick, or um, some, some tragedy happens to you. And those strongholds create a fortress that protects, uh, protects you. So when that stronghold is um, not the right kind of stronghold, sometimes when, you get, when you're having a problem, you might go get a drink or something. You might open up some alcohol or you might go out and you might um, meet a bunch of girls and have sex or whatever it is. Those strongholds, if you retreat to those strongholds, that's the wrong type of stronghold. But the stronghold that this is talking about is the Lord. The Lord is a stronghold. And I think it's a... It's time, to, I think, if you don't already have the Lord as your stronghold, it's a perfect time to build that stronghold in your life, which, with the stronghold, with the, with the nature of God. And that stronghold can only really be built if you're taking time to read the Bible, taking time to be with other Christians, taking time to pray to God, and really uh, just seeking the Lord. And spending time in the Word of, the, word of God is... Um, Basically, like building a wall around your life. You're building, uh, you're setting um, different bricks. You're reading more Bible. You're praying more. You're setting some cements. You're putting more bricks. And you're really starting to make this huge, huge fortress around your life that you can really, really um, depend on. And once you really start to build that stronghold of uh, God's word, of your trust in God, and your confidence in who God is, then those tragedies, those things that might happen to you, um, jobs lost, whatever it is, if you take solace in the fact that God is your stronghold, I think everything is going to be okay. Though it might not seem like it at the time, you'll see that everything will be okay. And I, I have a little uh, illustration of this point, God is a stronghold. Um, you guys know Jeanette's the youth intern pastor here, and um, she was a, she was a, she was tasked with to uh, really take take charge of the youth group, and I felt really bad for it, honestly. Like, like that's a huge, huge, uh, huge um, responsibility. And every week, I'd see all these messages come. Um, you guys have to come to you guys have to come to church. You guys have to practice. You guys got to come on time. And it was crazy. I, like I could see how much stress that she was really in, and how much um, though she might not want to admit it. It was, I could see it was eating away at her. And all that stress was kind of getting to her. And, and during those practices, even during those practices, uh, most of the times it wasn't a smooth, well, the ones I went to, they weren't super smooth or anything like that. She's always having to say some stuff, put down your phone, get in line, um, get ready, come, you know, like, you guys, we got to do this, put some more effort into it, whatever it is. It seemed like the kids were there just to make it miserable for Janet. But it wasn't. It, that was not the case. But whatever hardships that she was going through, I was always amazed at the fact that she was always pointing back to God, pointing back to Jesus. And even when I saw how, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say the performances were bad at church, but they weren't the best, right? I, you guys can all admit it was not the best, right? But even when they came off, she wasn't frowning. She, wasn't, she didn't have a scowl on her face. Nothing. She was completely um, just supportive of all the kids. Like, oh, you did well, you did well, you did good. And she, 
I truly believe that she has the stronghold of Jesus in her life. She has built those walls around in her life and she's able to go back in times of trouble and really just to be in that stronghold of Jesus. And, and I think, of course, things are going to come up. Life is going to change. You know, life is going to seem unfair. And sometimes life is going to be sad. But, but I truly believe after I saw what I did from Janet that she really has that stronghold in her life. And I don't want to say you guys should follow her, but you guys can look to her to see some sort of example of a strong, of a strong stronghold in your life. Go to point number two. Point number two is he protects those who take refuge in him. It's pretty similar to the first point, right? But Psalms 5.11 says, But let all who take refuge, refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Psalm 5.11. It says when the pressures of life come, the Bible really always tells us to take refuge in the Lord. But only Jesus or God can really uh, offer that true, ref- true shelter from the dangers and pressures of life and that misery that sin really brings. So when we join um, every Sunday, we proclaim that God is not only in heaven, but he is right here with us. We say the spirit is uh, present in us. The spirit is moving around in, um, in the church. So we really proclaim that God is with us everywhere. And Psalm, uh, four, uh, Psalm 11, 4 says, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in, he- he- throne is in heaven. But I want to point out that just because that you take refuge in God, it doesn't mean it's going to offer immediate escape from pain, sickness, and the torments of life. Things are still going to happen to you. People are still going to get sick. Um, tragedies will happen. You're just going to encounter difficulties in your lives. It, but just because that, doesn't, that happens, that doesn't mean that God is uh, absent and God doesn't care for you. It's we got to take solace in the fact that God is in control. God is enthroned in, the th- in, in heaven, and he is watching over all of us. He has power over everything, and he is sovereign over all. It's, it's because of that fact that God is enthroned, that he is in control. And though there's chaos in our lives and things that may seem like they're not going right for us, God is um, not disturbed by that. He, obviously, he feels pain for us because we're going through those things, but he himself, I don't think, is uh, really concerned with uh, the fact, well, not concerned, but he's not bothered by the fact that these things are happening to us at this time because it, just, it, it merely means that God is not panicking, but it's because he has his uh, own time, his own, his own timeline, that he is not panicking, but we're in his perfect plan. So even though things seem like they're not going right for us at the moment, God still has that perfect plan. God is still watching over us, and he's going to be there to guide us through all those difficulties. And we need to remember, he remains unshaken, and he's eternally in power, (laughs) which provides us with confidence that even in the day of trouble, he's in control. And when things are, ha- things are bad happening to us, he's still watching over us. And we can, we can celebrate that fact and we can come together in that fact that he is the king. And no matter what happens on earth, that doesn't change the fact that he is the king. 
He is the God, and he watches over all of us. And I have a, a story that happened to the Philippines. We were going on home visits, and a lot of times, Justin mentioned, a lot of times people were asking to pray for um, safety or their health or whatever it is because he mentioned that being injured is a, a real, real reality there. And if you're injured, you're not going to be able to work. Like he said, you might get sick, you might die. And so I have this story of a, a Filipino woman. Her name was Heidi, and not was Heidi, but is Heidi. Her name is Heidi. And we went to a home visit, and we walked into her house, and of course, she offers us the best seats. She takes out all the chairs for us, and she puts it out, and she's sitting on the floor. And she's sitting on the floor, and the purpose of the home visits was to really encourage them to come out to church and uh, really just to fellowship with them and talk to them and kind of see where they were at with the Lord. And we were there, and we, was, we were just talking to them. And all out of the corner of the, the house, there's a little room up there. And out of the corner, all of a sudden, like four kids come out. And they bring us a fan, and they plug in the fan. And now, now we're a little bit more happy because we're not sweating. And there's a fan now, right? And we're talking to Heidi, and we're um, trying to have her explain to us why she doesn't go to church. And she explained to us that she can't go to church because her husband works um, from late at night all the way to like the afternoon. So she has to watch over her kids. And it's just for her, it's just really busy. And the logistics of her being able to go to church, it just didn't work out. It was just really, it was really hard for her to come out. But her daughter, her daughter was uh, one of the students at the center and she was coming out to church and we were talking to her, and we we're like, yo, you should bring your mom to church. And she's, she just put on that sheepish smile and didn't say anything. And eventually we got to the conversation of, uh, why don't you come out to church anymore? And she goes, well, I used to be, I used to be a born-again Christian, but now after I married my husband, I became, I became a Catholic. And uh, me and uh, Catherine Consanian was kind of talking about it, kind of like, she was like, oh, you should share the gospel to them. And I was like, I think they already know the gospel. Like, and I was a little hesitant to share. And all of a sudden, she just starts um, really sobbing out of nowhere. She starts crying. And then she really starts opening up. And she's, she really starts to explain the real reason that she stopped going to church for a little bit. And she goes to explain that she, she has four kids, right? But she actually had six kids. And I want to say in 2014 or 2013... Two of her kids got really sick, and two of them actually passed away. And after she passed, after those kids passed away, she couldn't look God in the face and say, um, "You know, this is God." I mean, she couldn't look God in the, God in the face and think, "This is the God I follow." You know, she must have been thinking, "You know, you brought me these two kids, but you took them away. I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow you." And she was expressing those doubts to us, and then. She starts crying even harder, and she starts sharing even more, and then she goes on to say, but I found refuge in the Lord eventually. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And she goes to share that the year after that, she, uh, her other two kids got really sick as well, and she thought she was going through the same thing. She thought she was going to lose both her children again. And so she was really bitter. She was just really angry towards God, and for her, from her perspective, I don't think that um, there, there, could, there could have been any reconciliation between her and God if both her ch two childrens were also taken away at that time. But she, um, she got so desperate one day, she said she 
eventually decided to go to, um, what is it called? We call it early morning prayer here, but they call it something else over there. Do you know what it is? Okay, whatever it is. They, they went to their version of like early morning prayer, and she went over there and she, um, she, she said, the thing I liked about early morning prayer is that you can go there and you can pray however style you want to. You can uh, sit quietly, you can kneel down on the floor, you can wail, you can cry, you can scream out to God, whatever it is, right? You can do it over there. So she went over there and she said she, she just laid it, out, laid it all out in front of the Lord and she just prayed. She's like, Jesus, Jesus. And she was just really praying and just really pouring her soul out to, to God to really help her two children out. And she said eventually, after, after that early morning prayer, um, she decided to go morning after morning and mo- morning after morning, just like a lot of you guys are doing, morning after morning. And if, <laughs> eventually, eventually, she said both her two kids got well. She, uh, she had taken one to the hospital, and they said that they needed to do surgery on her. But she thought if they needed to do surgery, um, it's going to be very expensive. She's not, she doesn't even know if she's going to be able to stay there for the whole recovery time because she doesn't have enough money. So she was like, she was really desperate to find some sort of other way. And she, she was praying to God and she was praying to God. And somehow they found out that this, this condition that she had, she didn't need surgery at all. There's medicine in the USA that she can bring over. And when, these, when she took that medicine, the kid was completely healed. And so she said that after that fact and after her other kid was also gotten better, she had trust in the Lord. And we asked her, okay, then what does Jesus mean to you? And she's like, she's, he's, uh, she said, he is my rescuer. He is my salvation. And I said, wow, that makes complete sense. So for, for this lady, she, takes, she took refuge in God. And God, you know, decided to bring her in. She, held her there, and she, he healed both her children. Even, even in the midst of the tragedy before that, he showed that he was still there. He was still going to be with, listen, listening to her, and he was still going to heal her children. And this lady, Heidi, was able to see really the goodness of God and the goodness of Jesus, and she was able to really give her life again to Christ and I think rededicated to her, rededicated to Christ, and we prayed for her. We prayed for her, and uh, we promised her you know, we'll get you a Bible. So please just read this with your, uh, with your daughter and hopefully you'll start to build a stronghold in your life of Jesus and you'll know when times are hard, when times are, you know, not going good for you, you can still take refuge in the Lord. So my last point is God is good. That's the whole VBS uh, main point that God is good. And I think going to the Philippines, it was um, really hit home the point that God is good. And really listening to all the pastor sermons, we heard Pastor Ken's sermon, we heard Pastor Kevin's sermon. There's another pastor there named Pastor BJ. I heard his sermon, Pastor Peter's sermon, all, all amazing sermons. And all, they all built towards this culmination of this point of God is good for me. And I'm, I got some verses to share as well. It says, Psalm 34, 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 86, 5 says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. So let me tell you guys why I really struggled with the fact that... um, God is good sometimes. 
sometimes I was all I would always think like, how can you say God is good when people are falling sick left and right? When there's um, when there's a tragedy happening all around us, when there's homelessness, and when there's loved ones um, dying and loved ones getting sick and whatever it is, I used to think I used to have a this struggle of saying God is good all the time. I would say it with my mouth, but deep, deep inside, I had a real difficult time reconciling all those facts and the notion that God is still good. But Pastor BJ, I don't know if you guys know who Pastor BJ is. He's got this long hair. Makes me jealous sometimes, right? He's got hair. It's really long, really, really nice. He has it in a ponytail, wears glasses, and he sings really good. And I don't know if you guys have seen that uh, Korean show. I guess he came out one time and he was singing on it. But that's, that's not the point. But Pastor BJ is uh, just this really intelligent and really, like, faithful man to God. And he shared in his, um, in his message about God, God being good. And the problem I had with God, with my idea of God being good, is it was uh, situational. I used to think that God was, uh, I used to say if my life was bad, I would think, my life is bad, so God can't be good. And so every time I would say God is good, I equated it to a situation. But Pastor BJ was saying, the fact that God is good is not situational. It's, it's just the truth, and it doesn't matter the situation it is. It's like, for me, it's like saying that if I gave someone a lollipop, it's sweet no matter what, right? Even if you are eating it in the, in the rain or eating it in the dark or eating it when it's hot or you're sweating, it doesn't change the fact that that lollipop is sweet and it's good. And I think that really corresponds to the fact that God is good. It doesn't matter that, well, it doesn't matter that, you know, my uncle is sick or um, someone just passed away. God is still good because it doesn't change the fact that God came down into human form as Jesus. It doesn't change the fact that he suffered unquestionable punishment of uh, torture, getting whipped and getting nailed on the cross. It doesn't change the fact that he died and uh, died for our sins and the atonement for our sins. It doesn't change the fact that he came and he's uh, now the mediator between us and God. It doesn't change the fact that we now have eternal life. It doesn't change the fact that now sin doesn't have power over us. None of those tragedies in life changes the fact that God is still good. And I think uh, Pastor BJ really hit home that point for me. And after listening to a sermon, it really like changed my heart. And I really started to understand why God is good all the time. God is good all the time. And he, I don't want to butcher this rap that he made, but he even made this little rap. And um, yeah, we're not going to do it, but I'm just saying that he made a rap and it was really, really good. And it was really about how good God was. And if you guys ever see Pastor BJ or if Maybe you can ask Pastor Ken or Janet. They'll tell you what the rap is, but I'm not going to sit up here looking like a fool and saying it. <laughs> so I also want to share about how God was good in the Philippines. You know, um, as Janet explained, maybe we went not the best, not the best prepared, right? And I can honestly say that, yeah, we probably didn't go the best, bestly prepared. And a lot of stuff... Um, a lot of the stuff that we used for VBS, it wouldn't work if we brought it out to those uh, buildings because the building structure didn't, it wasn't con- conducive to what we were trying to do with uh, the VBS. But even when we went, 
God was just showing how good he was. He was showing how unified the team was. All the kids were um, night, and, night and day. Their performances, I don't want, yeah, their, their performances doing the dances and stuff was much, much better in the Philippines. Um, of course, it wasn't the best, but, but it was still good. I, I enjoyed it. And the biggest, for me, the biggest uh, surprise was really the guys. Um, of course, maybe they, of course, they still probably felt embarrassed being up there, but I really saw from their, from their effort and their faces that they realized that they weren't there for themselves, but they were there for that mission trip. They were there to spread the love of Christ. They were there to, um, yeah, just really be a part of that mission trip and just really absorb that goodness of who God is. And I also want to share, um, it was rainy season over there, and we were supposed to be over there, and it was probably supposed to rain probably the whole time we were there, but when you go there, it's not a, not a single drop of rain. It was really, I don't want to say it was really nice weather because it was still super hot, super sweaty, but thank goodness there was no rain. And that was perfect for us because if there was rain, it would have made traveling incredibly difficult. It would have made the VBS much more difficult. And I think God was just showing his grace and goodness by giving us this good weather, good team unity. And um, yeah. And team A and B, um, there's two teams. Me and Janet were in team B. Justin was in team A. And I also want to show, say God is good because me and Janet, team A, got to do all our stuff in the air-conditioned room. <laughs> air-conditioned place. Sorry, Justin. God is still good for you. But yeah, I mean, that was really a blessing for us. I, was, I dread sweating. I dread um, just getting smelly. But being over there, being in the um, air-conditioned room, it was a true, true blessing for us. And I think it made the VBS that much, that much better for us. <laughs> and uh, it just made it a lot, lot better. And I want to finish this uh, sermon with the little dream I had on the way back from the Philippines. And I think this um, really shows that I learned that God is good. <laughs> so before we left on the airplane, um, the, the captain speaks on the intercom. He says, this flight should be a pretty easy flight. The weather's not going to be bad. Um, the flight should be pretty smooth. So I'm really sleepy. I just fall asleep. And next thing I know, I wake up and the plane is like falling up and down, up and down. And I'm like, oh my goodness. This person said that the plane was going to be, uh, it's going to be a smooth, smooth ride. And the plane keeps falling up and down. It's the worst, worst turbulence I've ever experienced. And I was really, really scared. Really scared in this and then all of a sudden, the plane starts banking left and right, left and right, and I thought we we're all going to die. We're, I, was literally, I was literally like, like almost about to cry. I was in my dream. It was, let me say it's a dream, though. Okay, it's, I revealed it too early. But, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the plane, the plane was going back and forth. And then all of a sudden, I said, Jesus, Jesus. And then, and then the, there was a person in front of me, and he looked behind me and said, Jesus. And I said, yeah, Jesus. And then I started saying the Lord's Prayer, and then um, we started saying the Lord's Prayer together. And I said, yeah, God is, God is good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we're going to die. God is good. And then right after I said that, I closed my eyes again. I opened it up, and there's actually a stewardess coming down the aisle with the, the carts and the food, and I realized it was a dream. And so even in the midst of that, that scary situation, I was able to come to the realization that you know, that sucks. The plane might crash, but it doesn't change the fact that God is good. So let me pray for you guys.
Yeah, dear Heavenly Father, um, yeah, thank you for just giving me this opportunity to share about my trip in the Philippines, a little about your word, and um, thank you just so much, Lord. Um, we love you so much, and I pray that as we continue on in this week, Lord, pray that you just continue to speak to us and just, just to be with us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.